0: This is ColoniaCast, episode 26. You can find us at theturtleroom.org slash coloniacast, where you can learn more about our program and access the ColoniaCast Student Research Fund. Today, we are joined by Terrence Rogers, who is, uh, you may recognize from one of our, our earliest episodes. I think it was episode four when we had Terrence and Andrew on, as well as John Cann, who is the authority on Australian turtles. Uh, and, and we're really excited to talk to uh, John and Terrence today, just about some of the adventures that both of them have had and some of the amazing sort of the keelids and, and some of the other species that that are within Australia and some of the adventures too, you know, that there's a lot of really cool things. John is also the author of the freshwater turtles of Australia, multiple editions, uh, the most recent, I believe 2017. So definitely go and pick that, that, that uh, book up if you haven't already. It's one of the best uh, turtle and one of the best books really you can get on, on turtles and uh, beautifully illustrated and lots of great information. So we're really excited to talk to uh, you today. John and Terrence, thanks for coming on.
1: How no worries. you? Happy you guys.
0: All right, so um, for the first question, we, we ask this for everybody, it's just you know, like an icebreaker. Uh, what got you interested in turtles and where did your career in reptiles begin
1: for both of you? Where did I start with turtles? Well, my dad was a snake man, professional snake man. He was a showman, traveled the showgrounds. So did mum. Uh, they teamed up together years ago and ended up getting married. Uh, but he ended up he give away the showgrounds show a lot, he, he worked at uh, Taronga Park Zoo, he was a curator of reptiles there for 20-odd years before he retired. And uh, I was regularly at Taronga Park Zoo, and he was getting a lot of turtles there in big ponds that used to be sent by various people. And I was only a kid, about 10, 12-year-old or less, and uh, Dad didn't know what they were. And neither did uh, uh, anyone else, really. That no one knew anything about turtles. There's a few books about them, about the common ones, but uh, and I was always a diver uh, all my life, and and then when I um, wasn't spearfishing, I was trying to find rivers, and I used to bring home turtles, and and I didn't know hell what they were, so I. I'd take them to uh, Eric Worrell, the reptile park, or Hal Cogger, and uh, they weren't real sure what they were either. So that's where my interest started, to try to track them down and work out what they were and what was new. So as you probably know, I I started naming a few turtles. I didn't even know what genetics was. There was genetics wasn't even out at the time. Um, there and then along come genetics and, and um, of all the ones I described, I can consider them all species uh, or subspecies. Unfortunately, uh, other people are thinking different. They only believe in genetics, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of these so-called professionals, they uh, they. Um, wouldn't know the difference between a long neck or a short neck, less they in d- genetics. They're, they're, they don't believe in any morphological difference. They can't tell the difference. They all look the same. One professional was hired uh, by another professional, uh, a chap, um, to go and check all my subspecies or, or along the coast of New South Wales. And he come back and he said, they're all the same. He's got to be joking, he couldn't tell the difference. And uh, when they end up doing genetics, they were different, but only a very slightly a bit, but they're more so different in morphological uh, sightings. Yeah, you can pick it very easy with, that they're a different turtle for different reasons with the number of eggs, the size of the eggs, the hatchlings in particular are so different. And um, they're still lumping them all in as Macquarie, and uh, that's criminal in my opinion, because um, they're going to lump them all in together, and and they don't mind if they mix up or anything. They're they're just beating evolution. That's what it is. These things are a different turtle, and it's much the same right throughout Australia. Uh, a lot of there's that many turtles undescribed in Australia. Um, I don't know when they'll all be described it won't be by me or some of my friends which are doing a little bit there they're knocking back <coughs> our one of our magazines sabbatica um ross Gurley, um and it's everything is done in a scientific manner um following all the rules to make it being classed as a scientific uh magazine, but they're knocking them back because they've now barred the Batica um, from being a scientific magazine. Well, that's criminal. No,
0: yeah. I mean, it's tough sometimes. and Australia in particular has had sort of a turbulent taxonomic history. I think that kind of an interesting scenario there in particular, a lot of the turtles and such, but that, that's interesting to think, and I know Russ pretty well, and, and uh, the Battiger, and, and there's some really great information in there, so uh, just kind of a, an interesting perspective there. Maybe we could talk a little, too, about uh, the freshwater turtles of Australia, um, that really a large compendium of information on, and, and a really holistic review of, of a good number, every species in Australia, I guess. Um, what did it take sort of to to compile all that information where did you go to get that that information and 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 what what were some of the interesting things you learned kind of in the process I,
1: i had a pretty good job at the time uh for many years i was working on power line construction and sometimes between uh between jobs or extensions of where the lines were going to go on the power lines all over New South Wales sometimes there was nothing to do but travel the country with a land cruiser and uh, look for turtles so I spent most of my many many years chasing turtles and photographing them and and getting permits to bring some home and have a look at and uh, so that's That's where I spend most of my time hunting them. I had a lot of friends who used to photograph turtles for me uh, on properties um, or traveling through the country. And they'd send me photographs of the turtles. And uh, if if they looked interesting, I would go for a drive. It might be, well, driving around Australia alone. That was about 30,000 k's. which is a long way. Although you blokes don't speak English very good, you talk about miles. <laughs> it does help a little bit. But uh, it's a lot of traveling. And uh, we find a lot of animals there. You know, I spent all my time diving.
0: Right, yeah. And I, I'm curious, in some of the pictures in, in the freshwater turtles of Australia, how did you get some of those? Because they're all really... Really nicely done, and it just kind of—how did that happen? I guess.
1: Well, the ones in the water, the tank, there was a good friend of mine, <clears throat> a good fishman, Günther Schmitter, who passed recently. Um, he was cheated out uh, quite young, and um, with a problem. But uh, he—he gave me some clues about how to photograph in tanks. And nearly all my good shots of swimming turtles were done in big aquariums. I had Um, actually Bill McCord one time. He flew me over to the uh, to New York, out of New York where he was um, in the bush, and uh, and um, I give him the dimensions of the tanks, uh, the big tanks to set them up, and I come over there, and he had a lot of turtles from New Guinea. And that's where I was photographing them, although I'd been to Western New Guinea and used to photograph turtles there, but not in aquariums, just ups and down shots. And they was obviously an undescribed turtles. There's a lot of them there in New Guinea. And there's probably, well, I don't know. I I wouldn't be exaggerating. There'd be 15 or 16 undescribed ones in Australia. That'd be conservative
0: sort of an estimate that that's interesting maybe we can talk a little more too about some of your adventures I guess outside of Australia in, in New Guinea in particular I there's been sort of in the past 20 years or so a, a fair amount of species coming out of New Guinea and, and and sort of cryptic taxa and just it seems like there's sort of a paucity of of research in that area what was it like to go there and, and what species were you looking for when you were there and, and kind of, what did you learn? There's a, kind of an <laughs> interesting assemblage of turtles there.
1: Well, when I, when I went to New Guinea, the the first time was Western New Guinea, Erie and Barat, they call it at the time, Erie and Jay and Al, or Papua. Um, I was on there after turtles. Uh, a friend Um, from New Guinea himself, Port Moresby, uh, invited me to go with him for six weeks um, looking for wildlife, for American zoos. He had permits for all the zoos um, to get them transferred over or get permission to have them. Um, We couldn't go to uh, Papua, New Guinea. We had to go to West Area um, where no one had really ever been there. So we went there for six months or six weeks, and I ended up coming back six months later. <clears throat> they thought I was gone, and my family thought we was finished with the cannibals. There were a few uh, cranky natives there, but we got on pretty good to them. And, and um, I'd come across, I was always looking for turtles, but the rivers were too dirty to dive. I dived there, but I was only diving there to catch freshwater crocodiles. Excuse me, coughing. I haven't got the bug, I just got a bad throat and no one can work out why I cough. But anyway, I used to dive in the dirty rivers there to to catch um, to catch freshwater crocodiles for the zoos, um, which was always a risky business because there was the river was alive with salties and we've seen many, many of them. So that was a bit scary.
0: A little worries
1: <laughs> yeah but uh how many turtles i found a lot of. T- <coughs> oh, sorry since three specialists and i don't know why i caught. <coughs> uh, um
0: anyway, no worries uh,
1: the, a few the, the few of the turtles i've i've found there though i know they're still undescribed and um, a few of them have been recently described, some in the Batica, which was causing a bit of a problem, but uh, we hopefully will overcome that uh, uh, problem in the future. We've got a few ideas how to beat them um, about not being a scientific magazine, which it most certainly is. Right.
0: That, well, that's, there was, I remember too, in the back of uh, the Turtles of Australia, there's a list of three Keladino species that are undescribed and it says they're kind of from different areas, but that was particularly interesting because you can see morphologically that sort of differences. And I noticed one of them has kind of a longer snout than the others, and and, and that's something that's pretty consistent, you said. So you've seen a lot of variability across yeah, that range.
1: And yeah, well things are getting a really bit hard now that have gotta get permits. Uh, to get into the, into the country and uh, into the states, I should say. And, and then you've got to go through a lot of rigmarole to get someone to do the DNA. I've got no access for people doing DNA with me, although I can look at a turtle and not know if it's a new species or not. But just describing it today, they want genetics to be done, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, there's definitely sort of... with. Technology I can take a water there. Oh if yeah, no it. problem. No, nope. you're you're all good. <laughs> but um, I so that's that's interesting to hear that sort of the travels to New Guinea. And there's an so I guess Australia proper, maybe northern Australia and the, the Northern Territory, Queensland, the Kimberley regions, that, that whole area. You've done sort of exploring up there. What, what sort of things have you looked for in, in that area? Maybe some of the, in particular, the Dali River is, uh, I think, at least eight species of, of uh, turtle <laughs> well, in that one area.
1: In those areas, you sort of know what you're, you're expected you're going to see. Sometimes you get a bit of amazed, but they're either the Tata group, the Snapper group, um, or the Elsaya group, as I call them. Um, I think Georges has changed the names from Elsäer now to Meyer Shelley's with the latter sternum group. But uh, um, our name went first, or another name went first by Wells, but they override him all the time. But regardless of what the name is, or even the genus, does there's quite a few different ones, and often you bring them out, and you know straight away that they're they're a different turtle and um, I was speaking to Arthur Georges there a few few months ago and, and I said I believe you're working on um, the Elsaia. I said I was considering looking at them you know I said I know five different species he said well uh, he said I've got genetics of six different species you know which was interesting so that's jobs that He's got to arrange himself down the track or one of his students or one of his other friends, maybe Scott Thompson. I don't know. So I, 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 I decided to give the latter sternum group a miss, you know, and just stop, stay on the uh, dentata group or whatever to do my research. It's good. You know, I'm 84 now and I don't travel so much. Um, it's a bit hard to get away. I, I've got rid of my cruiser. When this um, bug come into the country from, from, uh, from China, um, I just had my land cruiser sitting still, kicking the motor over to give it a run every now and again for for over two years. and never even went on the road virtually. So I, I sold it. So why keep it? You know. So I won't be doing any more long trips after turtles, although I've got a terrible lot of photographs and um, I'm sending them to others and let them worry about it and I I keep a pretty good record of the sizes and eggs and everything else so they take it from there.
0: That's interesting. You mentioned the the Maya Kellys or the the right? That's kind of again the naming is sort of all over the place. But I don't know if you know because in the in your book you mentioned the the, um, the Bellinger River snappers that were having kind of an issue with lesions and such. I don't know if you know what the the most recent kind of update with that is.
1: Well, they're starting they- breeding them lot right in captivity now the Bellinger River, they, they've they changed the name of that. I don't know why George's, George's, I call it George's Eye and Arthur was pretty um, pleased to think that I named it after him. Uh, but he hates George's as turtle. So uh, as far as I was concerned, the author of a turtle names it, the common name as well. It's always been the case. It's George's as Turtles, Stein Dachner's Turtles. You look looking through the book or through the list. The author has named the turtle what his common name is, too. And um, there's probably 30 odd different names named after people, Krets and Stein Dachner and, and all those, you know. Well, Arthur didn't like George's as Turtles, so he called it the Snapper. Well, the Bellingen River is, is not a snapper. It's a very placid turtle, if you' poke it in the mouth and out again, he will bite you. Well, that's your problem, but uh, the snappers are snappers. they're then they're, they're um the ladder sternum or my as they want to call them. That name's nothing to me but um,
2: oh, yeah, of yeah. late of late the the they seem to be doing all right in the wild. I've heard from a friend up there that the the wild ones are pretty happy um there's um the ones they're breeding at the zoo are are, are doing all right as well they they seem to be breeding quite a few um have you heard much from the zoo
1: no not too much i know they're starting to release a
2: few that's great
1: i think they'll pick up but it was very touch and go there for a while yeah
0: all right, well that's good to hear. That's that they do you know if they'd isolated any sort of pathogen or if they know what was causing that or is it kind of still
2: They they have identified they have identified a virus um, and they call it the Bellinger River virus um, or BRV for short. Um, but how much they know about it I haven't fully read that paper um but how much they fully know about it and how similar it is to other viruses i'm not completely sure um but um yeah there's there's always you know there's always a fear that it might come back so um i don't think they really know how the event happened or what caused the event so you know if it if there's some sort of trigger that it's without an understanding it's it might just happen um hope not though <laughs>
0: Right. That, okay. That, well, that's good to hear that the situation is is uh, seems to be resolving. It's not something that's continuing, but a bit worrisome. I guess that we don't know what's causing it exactly. But mm-hmm. uh, well, one thing too that you mentioned, John, is the naming of turtles. Right. That that a lot of people will get turtles named after them, and then there is a Kaledina cani as well, and that that's a interesting uh, species. I'm curious, sort of, what, what is the sort of ecological history of that species and the natural history? I'm sure that you've gone on trips to go and find them. What what were those like? And what, what's it?
1: Well, I they're, guess, what they're not a real common them? turtle. They're not a real common. <clears throat> I haven't... Uh, I found a few from location, location, um, where they are. They're pretty widespread. Um but only people who are finding them are only finding a few in the waterway. You know, now, it's interesting. One turtle that's in my book there, or might have been in my earlier book, the uh, uh, I did before that, um, where I caught this, what I considered a new species of turtle. I've never seen anything like it before, <coughs> and. Um, Arthur George just did some genetics on it, and uh, he said it's a hybrid between Shilodina rigosa, which is um, is now Shipongo and um, and and Kenai. You couldn't imagine. Here's two genetically distinct turtles. One grows monstrously large. The other's a smaller one and they're hybriding, and they're in a certain location in the Gregory River. Um, I was in the phrase of describing it when Arthur found out that it was a hybrid, you know. So uh, that was, but a few of our turtles are cross-breeding. Another one that I found, um, what I call Rankin's turtle, still, although others call it I um in a different location um rankin's turtle is crossing with Longicollis, a very similar sort of a turtle and they're very unusual they're a hybrid as well uh, but they're restricted to a certain region they're not all over the country it? where the uh canine the rankin's turtle <coughs> which has been killed now by by the genetic uh people but i don't think they've checked the uh, checked it correctly Yourself, from to get from where the original one come from the verdigan river near the verdigan river but, uh,
0: you said they're not very common do we know why that is is that
1: no I mean, well it could be for a major reason nobody <laughs> has really worked uh, a real lot about them so so far the distance i won't be going up that far anymore you know it's i'm too old and worry about traveling getting talking somebody into taking me for a long drive or going with me um, uh, anymore but uh, i don't know why they're in smaller numbers because the common long neck longicollis they're in pretty big numbers um in many lagoons and Locations you go to, you can find 20, 30 or 40 or 50 in a short period of time. Um, whereas you go to look for can I you're lucky to find one. There's a, one or two locations where the whole lot type come from. Um, there was maybe four or five found there. Um, that's in a dam. But in the rivers, it's hard to come across it. I don't know why the numbers are so uh, so small. I think it could be just lack of work um, of trying to track them down.
0: Interesting. There any... There's so there there's St. Patrick. They co-occur with the the um, I guess rugosa and the, in the north, and then the longicollis in the in the southern portion. Is that?
1: How do you mean the Ragosa in the north?
2: They live together with
1: the can live. The, they live together with the can yes. But
2: don't.
1: But I. Um, and they're breeding together too.
0: Okay, so they are. So. An they're not, yeah.
1: yeah. And just recently, uh, a friend sent me some photographs. He was camping, not a turtle bloke. And there was a, a turtle running along a bank, and he photographed it. And sure enough, it looked like a pure can-eye to me in this location where the cross one was. Because um, uh, I only ever, any that I found were a hybrid, not the real attractive one, um, was a mixture of the, of, of, the, of the two turtles. And I've never, ever seen a regosa there, as we call it now, as we used to call it, regosa. They were never seen there in that waterway. I found them in the main river, the Gilbert River, maybe hundreds of kilometres away in lagoons, yes. But uh, never found them in that water hole. And I dived there in dirty water, catching them by feeling. That's all the way you couldn't catch and dive and see them. The water was always dirty. And um, it wasn't very deep. It was about six foot at the deepest and um you'd bump into them now and again I have caught a couple in the in the in the traps but never have I found a regosa, and never had I ever actually caught a can eye there but the hybrid was there. That must have been going for a million years. You wouldn't know.
0: That's interesting. So and when you're doing these trips are there kind of in the northern region i don't are there a lot of protected areas in the range of of can i or are these just kind of public areas and, and that you're finding them or, or do they have i'll, like,
1: or... I'll go anywhere i uh, go cross country all the time i don't go on the highways i do go on the highways with my land Cruiser. or i could i used to take it in ridiculous places you know or get permission from property owners to to go in and it was always very interesting but uh there's no trouble finding turtles if the water's clear because I always dive. I very rarely use, I only ever use a trap if it's, uh, maybe I've put the occasional trap in at the night time. Um, a lot of my traps have been destroyed by saltwater crocodiles, I know that. But uh, it's always a threat. Right.
3: And, I was going to ask, what is you it mentioned- like diving in uh- my good? my good? The audio. You ask, Scoot what is, the uh, other direction. Uh, What's that? Does that work?
1: You're. I, big, I, you're. Get you sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
3: uh, there we what go. Is like, what is it like diving in uh, waterways that that are full of saltwater crocodiles? I mean, most I've ever done anywhere near that is with alligators, but that's that's not even in the same magnitude of like for that.
1: What's it like diving? Well, to I have dived where there's salties there. <clears throat> I've got photographs, but chiefly I'd I'd go to the rivers and I'd I'd, I'd ask the rangers. I might be I might find a ranger somewhere, which is very very rare. Are there any salties here? And they said, Oh, we check this river every two or three days, and we don't see nothing with the lights of a night time. You know, that makes me feel real confident. I don't think Um, I went to another place where I I dived in 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 Western Australia and I got permission from the property lady. I said, I want to dive for turtles. She said, oh, that's a bit risky. She said, there's a lot of crocodiles here. But she said she if you go up a little bit, go back about 15 mile um, to where the homestead is. there's a concrete crossing across there. Uh, we wash, the, the cattlemen wash there, uh, but don't go on the left-hand downstream side because the saltwater crocodiles are there. But on the other side, she said, it could be pretty safe if you're careful. But it's good to know the crocodile wouldn't walk 10 yards across the concrete. <laughs> like so I had a dive there, and there was two turtles I wanted for my... Uh, my earlier book, um, Freshwater Turtles of Australia, not the New Guinea one. And um, I took a risk there because there was two turtles I really wanted. One was Victoria and the other one was um Antara, where the hollow types originally come from into that creek that went out into the river. Anyway, uh, I was very lucky, the water was quite dirty, but looking up amongst the pandanus leaves and and branches, I I caught the two turtles I wanted. Um, Very quick, maybe within half an hour, I thought, I've seen the water was quite dirty. So I said to myself, time to get out the water, you know. So I, I climbed out the water and I'd been upstream a fair bit by then and I walked back. And safety side, and my wife's got a video, she's still got it. Oh, this is back in 1990, and uh, Helen's got the video going. She's saying, I don't know where John's is. Um, there's a lot of crocodiles here. I hope he's okay. I snuck up on and grabbed her, <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a, it was a risky dive, you know. Yeah. And I often check the banks to look for tracks. If you find a good sandy patch, you know you're not going to go in there because you've got crocodile tracks everywhere, you know. But it's always a risk, particularly when I was in New Guinea. That was, I, I, no amount of money could pay me to dive where I dived earlier in the rivers there, over the Friendship River, <coughs> as we call it, uh, as it was called at the time. But, uh, that's and interesting. You,
0: that. you mentioned the rivers in uh, New Guinea. I've heard of this before.
3: Are they all like, more turbid than the rivers in uh, northern Australia? Like
1: or- oh, in When I was in New Guinea, the water was always dirty, except one place, Cora Creek. That means Turtle Creek. Up uh, at Nabroi, that was good clear water. Uh, it was only a short stream and come up the mountains. It was all right, but... Everywhere else the water was very dirty. There we was catching and buying them off the markets. Sometimes we go into a village there at Dobray or somewhere, and they'd be selling turtles and it was definitely undescribed stuff, you know. So I didn't do a real lot of turtle hunting in West New Guinea because we was after any sort of animals, tree kangaroos and and birds, etc. We was paying the natives and. I was setting traps for us and getting some tobacco rothers or whatnot, you know, um, but there wasn't a real lot of turtle hunting.
0: You've, so you've had run-ins. Well, I guess avoided run-ins with the crocodiles, but sometimes the people that are in these areas can be, so, a little kind of scary too sometimes you never know what they're going to be doing have you had any kind of run-ins with with people around the river anything that was kind of scary in in searching for turtles
1: well i was up the river there one time and was a bit concerned i i did get a bit of a shock we was camped on a big sandbar and we had two native or three native guides with us uh, one was an interpreter we hired, me and my mate, um, to liaise with the natives, natives, 'cause he could speak pretty good Indonesian or that and broken native talk. And um, next thing, one of these natives and his mate jumped up with him with their bows and arrows. We looked like we was about we we're starting to run. We thought we were being attacked by a wild tribe. Where Rockefeller got the chop, and. Uh, it turned out all they was, doing, they was shooting with their bow and arrows to uh, bring down the bats, which they was eating, you know. Anyway, he put a spear through this bat with his bow and it fell in the water. So I run down in the water to get it out and save his arrow for him, because it was still stuck in it. And they charged after me and tackled me, chased me, stopped me from going in the water because the, the bats always f- f- fly, they, they explain to us in the same area, and they spy, fly low. And sometimes they drop in the water, or they sleep in that tree and they drop in the water. And that's where the crocodiles live. So you don't ever go in where the bats are. The bats often fly in the trees. Yeah.
0: I get uh, all right, so that's like a two for two there. The 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 people, but I guess they sort of, they might have saved you there. But it, it, that's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. How about like working with uh, the Aboriginal people and, and different even tribes in in New Guinea and Australia? It, what can you learn about the turtles from from that kind of work?
1: Well, uh, I don't really mix with the Aboriginal. Uh, people that much when you go bush you often occasionally you come across a few of them and you talk about them and they say a few things you know um the only thing they're interested in in uh, in turtles are uh is for food more or less in the in the in the country there actually um five of my grandchildren or great-grandchildren are aboriginal part Aboriginal, you know, Um, they wouldn't eat a turtle. It's only the natives in the bush where they eat an awful lot if they can get them, you know. But uh, in New Guinea, they used to catch pig nose for us um, because we we used to give them a dollar each for those. And the missionary, uh, Jim Fraser, who was in charge of the mission where we were, he 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 said, stop paying them money for for a dollar. He said that's causing inflation. <laughs> First of all, i virtually heard of the word. <coughs> Giving him a dollar each for a, a, a small pig nose. And strange enough, they went back to America back that's back a long time ago, nineteen seventy two. Um, Bill McCord has still got a one there about big now. He brought from another chap. Who them when they from the zoo? So, Bill McCord has actually still got one of those turtles from 1972. Yeah.
0: Wow. And so, you've done the Coretta Kellys, you've also looked for them in northern Australia and, and even sort of have been in like snorkeling for them. What can you do? You actually, how many were you, were you finding out there when you would go snorkel for them? And, and uh, what, what
2: are they, they eating nice. out there?
1: Huh? Yeah, well, we used to get a few when we was diving. Uh, not a real lot, but we always get a number of them, and I've been out there <clears throat> since then, maybe about six years, five years ago. Um, a chap had permits to catch a few from the government and uh, in, west, in, 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 in the Northern Territory, and we would have counted... 20 or 30 pig nose, I would say, without any trouble at all in clear water in the Dali River. So there's quite a few of them still around. There's no doubt about that. But uh, uh,
0: do you, where are they sort of, I know there's been some controversy over their distribution in Australia in particular. They're in the Dali and then are they in any other major rivers? Well, I reckon
1: is- there's one's been reported from the Victoria River um, whether that was factual or not, I don't know. It's very, it's a long way away from the Daly River for a water turtle to to travel, so he would not have, but um, no one else has ever seen them, so they've been restricted there. There's a couple of other little place by rivers uh, that the pig knows are there, most certainly, you know. Um, The Alligator, the East and South Alligator, there's pig nose in a few of those locations, but they're not in in big numbers in those areas. Not that that anyone's done a lot of work that I know of. Um, The water's very dirty, but the Derby River at times is quite clear and you can see them very easy. Are there any main differences between the PNG and Aussie one? The PNG one grows bigger, um, most certainly a lot bigger, and they do have salt extracting glands which the Australian one doesn't have. So whether that calls it a new species, actually Richard Wells years ago um, named the Australian one as a subspecies from the original one which did come from new guinea and um and then years ago they found out they're in australia as well but uh it's been ignored that name that he used anyway
2: interesting uh, yeah
1: i
3: cut out for a second second, but i imagine uh, you're about the heretic or the pig turtles yeah how much yep larger the compared to the ones
2: from Australia. How much bigger are the Ameri- other uh, ones?
1: Probably probably 30 centimetres longer. I've seen photographs of one which was a monstrously large turtle it was on a documentary I just couldn't believe it. But I could never, ever get a photograph off the chap that did originally uh, catch it and photograph it. It was a big turtle. It was almost twice the size of any that uh, I've ever seen in the mainland of Australia. I think they're a maximum size is around about, you know, so much. But it doesn't compare with uh, the big New Guinea ones, which used to be found there. But they're eating thousands of them now. and um, Taking them back to the markets in uh, in Asia or different places, I've got photographs sent to me from a chap in Western New Guinea of all things. Still made contact with him through a friend, and uh, I would say I would have two or three thousand baby pig-nosed turtles. I'm only talking about two months, uh, three, six months ago. Two or three thousand, easy in pens where they've uh, incubated the eggs. I've got pictures of the eggs being incubated uh, in these big uh, shed they build up in where the sand are, where where they bury the eggs, and they're sent to Asia. So, you know, the natives are just really, really into them for money, not so much for food. They're just after them. The Indonesians are say the natives catch them for them, but uh, the Indonesians that are running the show, thousands of them. Right. It's, it's, uh,
3: would you say that in New Guinea, it's possible they used to get more than sixty centimeters in carapace length? It kind of sounds like that—that that you're uh, implying that they were—they were
2: massive. Like, like
1: over 60 centimeters do you reckon over 60 oh yeah they're sent they're sending it to the markets they're only only about you know what's that 10 centimeters six seven centimeters seven centimeters yeah but the big
2: ones that that big one you were talking about would it have been bigger than 60 centimeters
1: he would have been about yeah, that yeah
2: about
1: yeah that. yeah about... <clears throat> yeah i never got a photograph of him unfortunately the right chap promised me he would Um, And I I did photograph his documentary on Channel 7 had it and um, I got all the footage from somebody at Channel 7 and uh, I said photograph the turtle that's been put up on the bank out of the water and they did the wrong photograph. They did a different photograph altogether so never had the... Nels to ask them again, you know, because yeah. they wanted to charge big money, but we slipped, we got that out of that. But, so I never ever really got a photograph of that big turtle, but it's a big one. It's in a documentary. And the chap said he'd send me a, a photograph, but he never ever did. his shifting houses and he said, I don't know where they are at present, you know, but they would be that big, yeah. big turtle.
0: What's the reasoning behind why they would get bigger?
1: Size of it down anyway. Why?
0: Do you have any sort of hypotheses behind why they get bigger in in New Guinea versus in Australia? Are they on the beaches more, like sea turtles, or? What? Well,
1: they they nest in the salt water. They nest in the salt water. Our ones, they they nest there, and the tide goes over them um where our ones the australian ones they nest up on the bank where the flood waters won't come but when the waters do rise in the wet season that usually breaks the air gap and help they know there's water there and they they head back to the river the daly river or wherever they are but they'll say the ones in in um in west area they nest the same way up in the sand But I found out paper by one of George's uh, workers years ago that uh, they're nesting under the salt water.
0: Huh? Maybe there's some selection for larger eggs. It helps with dealing with that the conditions of the salt water more efficiently than smaller eggs. And then,
1: yeah, well, genetically they they reckon they're the same, but strike as far as morphological goes in sizes and isolation. And the, and the, and the salt extracting glands. I had one a small one one time in a in a tank, and it was getting a little bit of fungus on his body. And what the normal thing was to do always is put a bit of salt in the water, it helps clean them up. And um, The next morning, <coughs> my one was dead. To solve the killing. <coughs> so that's one of the Australian
0: ones. <coughs> yeah. Huh. Well, the Kellys, uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the, they're interesting turtles for sure. I think that that there's it's yeah. it's interesting to hear there's differences like uh, as drastic as the lacrimal glands being present in one versus absent in another. I, I think that that's something that. That's unique for sure. Maybe we can switch over to talking about something that's that's uh, the the Elsaya specifically Irwin I know that you played a role in describing this species, um, and maybe even we're in connection with the Irwin family. I guess. But what was sort of what, what what was the process there? What was it like to discover that that turtle?
1: Well. Um, Steve's father caught me one Bob, he caught one on a fishing line <coughs> sorry about that and uh, on a fishing line and uh, they sent me a photograph and I could see wow this is something different so I went up there and and uh, had no trouble after a couple of dives of, of finding them in big numbers there you know they're a beautiful turtle. They're very genetically close to uh, one that they're knocked back sterling eye, genetically close. Same as the one from the Daintree. Um, they're very close as well, but they're all uh, classed as subspecies. Um, correctly would be the word, you know, although uh, the chap that was gonna describe them. Believe you me, he's been six or seven years and he hasn't done it. He works at a university or worked at a university and does surveys now, but seven years, someone should jump in and do the descriptions on those turtles rather than leave them sit like that for two years. They're killing sterling, I reckon sterlings is a good subspecies to Irwin I because Irwin I was first you know
2: was um did you did you help with f- field work like collecting the holotype of the Erwin Eye or yeah Do
1: I you know? collected in the in the vertical river. turtle and turtle they're in reasonably good numbers way up the river they're talking about building a big dam up there which is a problem um so we just got to see this the chaps are working on it they're,
0: in, yeah they're in, a beautiful
1: in, turtle and they're in pretty, pretty established numbers but you never know what dams do I I hate dams as far as turtles go yeah. because uh, well there's an uh, there's turtle shell there yeah oh wow you see it there
0: that's amazing yeah but- well and actually, we've done some work in the in Peter Pritchard's the Colonian Research Institute collection he's got a skull that I think you've sent to him Is that the the shell that that animal came from or
1: I'm not I sure I give Peter a few a few shells here or there and a few skulls over the years you know not for many many years but uh, I'm not sure which one you're referring to offhand, you know, great guy, Peter went to Galapagos with him and, uh, we had a great trip. He camped at my place one time early in the piece. went bush and he did some photographing. He was doing a book on turtles of the world, but, uh, I never eventuated, unfortunately.
0: Oh, he had another one that was set up.
1: Huh? Yeah.
0: Interesting. Well, that, but that's interesting. So it, it I guess it was uh, with the Irwin's turtle, the dam is, yeah, that's probably not going to be a good thing. But all the uh, predators, right, like subsidized predators, foxes, raccoons, are those sort of an issue as well for nesting turtles?
1: Well, yeah, there are a lot of, they've been surviving for a thousand years, but since there's not that many foxes up there in, in, in that area that I know of. There's an occasional fox track, but um, predators. Well, that's the introduced one. The dingoes would have dug a few up. And goannas are one of the main killers of of, of uh, them also. And as um, Andrew <coughs> and Terence <coughs> mentioned to bit earlier, the uh, crows. Well, the ravens are also attacking turtles uh, to get digging their eggs up and, and um, pulling them out of the water. So they got a lot of predators, but there's, I think the big worry is the dam. If they build the dam, all their nesting banks and areas are, will be destroyed, but uh, over a period of time, they might just learn to adjust, I, I'm not real sure i've also seen
2: um we've also seen evidence of echidnas digging up eggs and and getting like just looking for moisture i gather and and sort of just licking destroying a couple eggs and licking the tops of them um i can't remember who told me that now might have been mate josh but yeah they um they uh yeah there's there's evidence of that as well so there's um threats from all angles <laughs> for the poor things but they they
1: persist Oh yeah, water rats are real bad. I've had, uh, on Fraser Island, I think I counted 18 or 19 nests, uh, which had been dug up uh, by water rats. There's one nest that wasn't dug up. That's only because we obviously disturbed it, you know. So the water rats were really bad as as far as predators go. and and that would be the same too because they're a difficult little critter to see the water rat or the water mole as some said um they're difficult to find but there was obviously that's what was doing it down there in fraser island well our tortoises throughout eastern australia are in greatly reduced numbers now uh, mainly from predators and people and agricultural changes um, I would say all of them, actually. I wrote an article probably 30 years ago, don't take our freshwater turtles for granted, uh, but they sort of ignored that. And places where I've seen hundreds of dead turtles, nothing's ever done. You report the wildlife and I often think of what what has caused it. I know in one place in particular, even on the Burdigan River where I got the hollow type from the Irwin's turtle, um, although they're in the Bowen River, and, and and that is better, um, where I got the hollow type from. They've made a big a big dam there now for agricultural reasons, and the weed was growing, and they uh, poisoned the weed and killed turtles by the droves I made a mine's friend went there with his dog and licked the water and died, died on the spot with this uh, poison they're using. Um, It disappears within so many hours, but these are sort of the problems our turtles are facing really bad right throughout Eastern Australia. The numbers are down greatly, a place where Terence goes with his dad. I used to dive down there early in the piece, and I was marking them. I'd go and catch with uh, that great turtle man, John Good. I went with him one time. I wanted to catch them and, and mark them and I'd pick up maybe 120 within three quarters of an hour or an hour. I dive there now and I'm only catching three or four or five, hardly any at all. And the property owners don't know what's wrong either. They don't know why, what's going on, so it's hard to say what's happening to our turtle populations in eastern Australia.
0: Interesting. So there's some level of ambiguity, and it's unknown, so maybe more of these diseases that are occurring could could be something. And...
1: That's right. Yeah, there's another another place there <coughs> where I described Gunabara from, She'll at uh, the embodure there, and um, a lady called me down one time and showed me hundreds of small turtles dead. Um, I photographed them and sent them to the wildlife, and they said they'll look into it, but they never ever did. I never ever made touch with her, you know. It could have been that um, poison of the weed, Aquiline, mm. is the name of it. Um, it could have been the Aquiline that, well, they was. Which kills the turtles. It's hard to say. Sometimes Yeah. Sorry.
2: You go. No, yeah. I would go ahead. I was yeah. I was just gonna say sometimes you see die-offs and and it's only smaller ones or only larger ones and you know, the virus in the Bellinger River seems to be affecting the larger turtles, but not the smaller turtles. So you might see a die-off event or things like that and it and it could wipe out a full generation. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's not good,
0: but like chemical regulations are not great, I guess, if some of those things
2: or, or they just, they don't, they don't really care about the, the, when it, I don't know, I guess they do care and then, and, and, and works done and they take samples and things, but when it, when it comes to the action or, or remediating it or stopping it for the future, I don't know how much of that happens or it happens at a slow enough rate that there's a new, there's a new weed killer that comes on the market and then it's not quick enough for them to test it and make sure that it's safe to use. Um, But yeah, it's hard to test for every single animal in the, in the, in the kingdom animal kingdom to see whether they're susceptible to different things. So turtles might be something they just don't consider. Um, But yeah i don't
0: know right yeah it's unfortunate too considering how much of an impact ecologically i mean even some of the studies that have looked at kind of turtles and processing uh, just organic matter have come out of australia and you see like staggering numbers it's uh, unfortunate to hear that that uh there's some stuff that kind of gets under the radar there yeah with that sort of thing well uh one one story that would be interesting, maybe, to touch upon is that of the Mary River turtle. Uh, I know that you sort of played a role in dis- in, in in the descri- Well, the the discovering, I guess, this species, John. Maybe you can tell us what what what, what is sort of the history of the Mary River
1: turtle. Well, well, I think I've write that up pretty well in the past. <laughs> in fact, I've. My wife, with back in the days too when we went around Australia when I, she filled me with diving with them crocodiles for those two turtles she had also had the movie camera. That was a day on the same trip when I got back to, uh, I headed back for Sydney uh, where I went out on the Mary River um, I was going to go to Lawn Hill and, and a, a friend of mine was camped there and he sent me uh, a photograph, which turned out to be uh, a new species, but I couldn't couldn't wait to go straight back. I had a letter waiting for me from a from an old mate, John Greenhug, the man who used to trap all the turtles and or, or dig up the nests, I should say, um, and sell them in the pet trade. And um, that's when I finally. Uh, caught one in the end after their 20 odd years, I hunted for that Bloomin' turtle before I end up catching caught one, you know. But uh, they're pretty safe now. Um, The Tyro Land Council, um, I've got all the school kids and, and all the local, the farmers, everyone protecting those Mary River turtles. They're marking the nest. They're breeding them by the hundred, hundreds, and uh, releasing them back into the river. So they look pretty safe today. For a while, it looked pretty bad because my old mate, John, who used to uh, sell the turtles a couple of thousand a year season without any trouble at all, and um, that would have had a big impact over the years. Um, not that it would have ever entered his head. He was just trying to make a make a dollar for his family, but uh, I think they're pretty safe now, the Barry River turtle.
0: Good to hear that they're safe. What, what, what made it so hard about finding them in the wild, right? They were so, they were common in the pet trade, but very hard to find. What, why was that?
1: Well, I don't know. I, the water was normally always dirty. The water is reasonably clear now, because there used to be sand mining upstream, and the the silt that come up from this, getting the sand uh, from the river uh, for for concrete in the future or whatever, um, was always making the water dirty. And usually people who were going north to look for turtles would drive straight past the Mary River, just took it for granted, and uh, never ever checked it. I know well, a couple of chaps had a bit of a look there. The water was too dirty and they couldn't find anything. But I persevered. I I ended up tracking down the uh, the chap who used to um, sell them and distribute them from Sydney to Victoria and South Australia. And um, I got through him. I sent him a copy of my uh, a small book that I wrote and... Um, and I told him my turtles are protected. You can't buy them anymore. No one else can sell them, which was a fact. Uh so he relented and he told me the name of uh the old gentleman who me and him was good friends with in the end. Uh he was a bit foxy for a while. He sent me away out to Western Queensland telling me where he got them from, but he didn't get it from there at all. And uh I ended up finally getting through to him, and he's, he relented um, and, and told me where they were. So, And I still thought he was telling lies, but, of course, he said, I'll come and I'll show you where the uh, eggs are. They'll be there now. So we went out onto the Mary River, and he dug, and he dug. And, and I was saying, two and twos don't come to the four because... Uh, when we was there in October, um, or September, I should say, the turtles wouldn't be nesting then if they all hatched at Christmas, just before Christmas day, for people to sell them. So I said, I knew he's lying. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, never, I couldn't find them. So I went back three months, uh, a month later, and sure enough, on spec, found them, yeah.
0: And those yes. were adults? Or- yeah. They- and okay.
1: The first one I got, my wife had a film there. And I, I spotted one. I put a hide up. He'd got back in the water. So I put a hide up with a tarpaulin and everything. And then the wife went down there. And sure enough, this big monstrous turtle, I'd never seen one before um, of size. Uh we're sitting on the log, two of them. Come up on the log and we got film of it. Uh the first ones ever. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be a good feeling.
1: Yeah. That was great. Searching. Right. Was,
0: yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh yeah, they're really interesting turtles. I haven't seen I think I've seen some some skulls I that, uh that, that Dr. Pritchard had, but not and and fragments, but haven't seen them anywhere here. Yeah, not, they don't seem to well, actually, no, <laughs> there are two live ones in the Turtle Conservancy now that we did see, but uh, yeah, before that, I hadn't seen
1: Where'd you say the live ones are?
0: The, the Turtle Conservancy in uh, California has two live ones, uh, the Eluser. I don't know. I don't know, Jack. If you heard where they came from, I don't know what the story was behind it. Uh, uh, I just know that they're both like they look younger. <clears throat> they're not. They're not full
3: grown, so I don't think they. I don't think they've had them super long. So.
1: I'd take a punt and say, I sent a pair uh, legally um, with permits from the government to send them to. Uh, Baltimore Aquarium, Jack Johnson Jacket, and they had them breeding straight away. Uh, so maybe that's where they've been set elsewhere in the past. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We we spoke with him actually on uh, one of the previous episodes, and he's telling yeah. us about yeah. He had some really interesting things that that he was doing, and uh, really successful. It sounds like with his breeding program
2: there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: good. Have you been in well, contact? Not, not too much. Not too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a good bloke. Good friends. <laughs>
2: right. And, yeah, and that, uh, one of the other
0: things that well, we were talking to uh, Craig Adler on on a previous podcast, and he told he was one of his. He had like a trivia question for us, and it was about the uh, Dura and uh something interesting about their nesting ecology and i think that you actually were the one who sort of described this behavior uh but what does what what kind of work have you done with the western swamp i guess tortoises uh and and that that's a really interesting animal
1: no i've had nothing to do with the western swamp turtle in any way at all i've never had one i've seen one i've been with gerald uh out to the dam and the lagoon where they were and uh, he he was tracking them and he caught actually a small one while we were there walking through the swamp. But uh, they're breeding them quite successfully in captivity in a couple of different locations now. So they're, they're, look like they're out of danger again. So that's good. How do they nest? They nest, uh, well it's interesting too because they they uh, when they nest they dig with their front claws, and um, <clears throat> I never knew this at the time and when the wife and myself in nineteen nineteen uh, ninety were traveling around Australia, we come into a camp called bell's creek, and there's a couple of other people there, and a man and a lady come over and joined us around our fire and we had a yarn and started talking turtles, because I was catching turtles to photograph. And, and um, she said, oh, she caught a, a short-necked turtle crossing a road. And uh, I said, oh yeah, where at? Bullsbrook Way? She said, oh no, 100, 100 kilometers or 100 mile, whatever she said, north of there. Um, I said, gee, that's interesting. And what did you do with it? She said, oh, we put it in a pond. And uh, I thought about that. And, and I said, what happened to it? She said, well, it disappeared because we never had a fence around it. But I used—I watched it one day nesting. And it was at water's level, just above water level. And it was digging with its front feet into, the, into a hole in, in the bank and crawled in there. I lost interest straight away because I reckon she was, I was joking of course turtles don't use their front legs to nest I thought. Anyway, down the track I mentioned Gerald Cookling, he said yes, that's how they nest. They dig with their front feet to dig a hole and so do their nesting. Anyway, I never even she did tell me an address or a mark on a map and I scrubbed it years ago, you know, thinking that was exaggerating to say that. But this was about hundred whatever miles or kilometers up to the uh, up from the river where they where they found in the creeks.
0: Hmm. So, so they, they may have more of an extensive distribution than
1: Well disc- I Gerald looked into it and he couldn't find out anything, you know, Gerald Cooking about it, you know. He said, "Oh, they're not up there." But here's a man, and the woman who was genuine. What they said and tell them the truth. And I sort of said, "Well, they're making that story up." So I ignored it. Really, talked something else. He would tell stories. Yeah.
0: Well, that yeah, that's that's interesting that it was that was something that was uh, that that you figured out, but. You, you know you thought it was a, a joke and then maybe actually some other discoveries waiting sort of yeah, within that
1: that's right yeah
0: yeah well i mean we're starting to come up on time here but maybe we have a few more things we can ask i i'm curious out of all the trips you've been on and, and adventures you've taken what was the one that stands out the most and why
1: well, the trip to travelling around Australia was the most interesting trip I ever did with my wife. <clears throat> we camped for, for, for many, many months, three months, over three months. We did thousands of kilometres or miles and um, I ended up finding a few different new species of turtles on this one trip. Um, so i couldn't i couldn't have embedded that you know there was you know there's the dentata the nude i reckon there's a new dentata out there the west they reckon it's the same turtle i don't morphologically it's very different i've seen no genetics done on it but um, morphologically it's different um i think if an animal is 100 percent isolated and um i think it can still be a species or a subspecies, irrespective of what genetics says. It looks different, it is different, but genetically they're very similar. But I don't even know what the genetics are so even at this stage, you know. But the other ones it was very interesting. So, any, any trip away is good. If you like diving, you enjoy it, you're going to find turtles. To and find to find a few new species on one trip is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found a few in the one trip. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I yeah. should have had. I should have. I should have got another one, but I had to race, race right back to the Mary River when there's a letter waiting for me. I've got you one. The old foxy said, "Here's your turtle. This is the one you wanted. He had it in a, in a drum." He opened it up and he pulled out a different turtle altogether. He tricked me. <laughs> I nearly died that That's not a Merry River turtle or whatever you're calling it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Penny Turtle. Yeah. And it was. He said, well, will try this one here. Huh. Yeah. John Greenough, yeah. Great yeah, try. it sounds like uh that
0: he was not maybe the most trustworthy person, but uh yeah. he eventually got there. But, well, that that's interesting. I mean, one trip and multiple different species of turtles is something that's that's pretty interesting. That I that was in the northern territory then with the dentata.
1: No, that was that was in Western Australia. That big snapper. Okay. And the other one I brought back was Bahaga. It was a new one as well, uh, and the Mary River turtle. Do you, do you know and, much about the... On the same trip back, I got the uh, other one back, I got the village and river one also. Yeah. Do you know the... Uh,
0: have you actually seen the cooklings long neck in, in C2?
2: Kukling. long neck. Oh, Cooklings? Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, Kuchling. no,
1: no. I've never seen one of those. We tried to find them. I, I went out there looking for them, but... Uh, We never found them but uh, there was some genetics done um, for me and uh, it turned out that they were different but uh, they all all, always queried me in the book where I got the 16% difference well the man that done the genetics for me was the top man in the world there's no doubt about that. He was the first man to do um, genetics with formaldehyde, formalin, and um, later on, when well, they got more advanced with their genetics, it was six percent. So we're, i never ever found one. I've I've been to the area where the original one came from, but I think they've been. Uh, Whatever's happened to them, I don't know now. Gerald seems to think they still could exist in a in a location that the crocodiles destroyed my my traps and they destroyed his traps too um, so with a bit of luck and the right traps and a bit of luck, uh, we hope cooklings still could exist, but it could be very much extinct. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It was a genuine turtle, right yeah uh, you mentioned kind of western uh western australia the northern area that kind of i i thought yeah. of that but inter- yeah. yeah interesting turtle how about yeah. like w- one piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to make herpetology or turtles somewhat of a career i don't know
1: How do you mean?
2: Any any advice for people who want to do herpetology as a career or choose well, a career. Path? It's
1: not it's be a if you want to go to university and if you're blessed enough to get someone to uh, finance you to to do some research, yes, that's that's great. But otherwise, with me it was just a hobby and um, I kept kept at it, that's all. So someone like uh, Terence here and, and a few other friends of mine, um, it's a hobby with them. They've got to make their own money uh, to do trips and spend some time. And, and uh, I know a, a lot of, I know some very interesting locations where there are still turtles, I reckon, that couldn't, could be yet to be described, but uh, I've kept it to myself. I know a few places in particular. I mentioned a couple of them in my book. I said um, an undisclosed location when I put photographs of them. Uh, people wanted to people, the wrong people, have asked me where's the un, undisclosed location at. Well, I won't tell them. I said I forgot. <laughs> well, no, never, no, no, no. Andrew's never asked me, or his his father, hasn't or Terence. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm scared well, that's not telling me <laughs>
1: huh. yeah.
3: Yeah. i have a question well, we have... about the, the the habitat on fraser island are uh, is there visibility in the lake there or do you
2: have to, try to catch the turtles there right. is there much visibility in the lakes and stuff in fraser island what's oh. the habitat like there
1: oh yeah fraser island there is one place where the water is very dirty uh, up, up in the sand dunes but up there, it's crystal clear water. Clearest water you've ever dived in. It's Very enjoyable. they got an expanse of their broadshell. They're down in numbers. People have been taking a few out, I think. For pets or what, I don't know. Uh, the last couple of times, or well, the last time I went down there, I only seen one or two. Um, but They're never in big numbers but the uh, the uh, Niger, the small one. They're in very common numbers in a few lagoons, and if you ever are there, it's a very enjoyable dive. It's beautiful, water is crystal clear, very clear water. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: awesome. What what's the reasoning behind uh, some of the 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 Macquarie there get darker, and maybe even the the Expanse, uh, why is that? Is that an adaptation to getting... Do you have any kind of theories? Why are
2: they why are they so black, the Negro? Why are they blacker than all I the I don't know. It's,
1: it's always made me ask that question to myself because the water's so clear. The sand is crystal clear. <laughs> so I wonder, wonder why they've evolved that way. I don't know. It's not but, uh not
3: colder there, is it? Like it's it's what's what's the what's the climate like
1: in that region? Oh the water's warm. It's very comfortable water. It might get a bit cold in the winter, but it would never get down really cold. It's always warm water. It's always always diveable summer and winter. So it's hard to say why they went black.
0: Mm -hmm. it's interesting one of the uh theory or hypotheses behind sliders why in the u.s the trachomies they get darker uh is that it's some secondary kind of byproduct of hormonal changes as they get older and there might not be any sort of functional significance to it it's it doesn't seem like it's really well supported it's kind of just like you're uh, I don't know, maybe kind of a null hypothesis, and that in absence of other sort of data, I guess, but maybe something going on there, right? I don't know if anyone has studied that, but perhaps it's just kind of a random mutation.
1: Well, it's hard to say a lot of things with turtles. Like, one that's always bugged me is about the buff headedness we get on a lot of our turtles, our big females get a big boof head, and um. Why does it get a bull head? And everyone that says it's so as that they can break their crustaceans up and have a big strong head. Well, this is this is wrong. Um, I think it's something that they don't want to get. They're a female for whatever reason. I think it's a I don't know what the answer to it is, but it's got nothing to do with strong jaws, because when the jaws are heads big, they have trouble even really big. I've had, I've seen them having trouble even chewing grass or weed um, with their mouth, hardly open their mouth to feed. So that wouldn't be that. And the reason they, they, a lot of them do eat crustaceans is like uh, the Elusa, the Mary River one, which I found out, which used to, uh, I put mussels in there because one passed a mussel in a drum one day, some broken up mussels so I put a muscle in there one day when I had my first one, when I brought it home, the type. And um, I went down there one day and here he is, holding it by the uh, feet, and it's chewing the edge of the muscle and just snapping the very edge of the muscle off, the last tapered edge, and then a little bit more and a little bit more and then a bit of a meat shows. And he pulls some meat out and they open up, and that's how they break their um, eggs up. So, I don't doubt the short neck with a buff head will be doing the same thing. But it, um, I don't know the reason. I don't believe it's for breaking crustaceans. This wouldn't be true. I don't know why. I've always said that, but uh, they just take it for granted. In fact, I shouldn't say it, but he's passed now. I would never have said it. Um, a good mate of mine at the time for a while, sort of, John Legler. He, he, uh, he made a documentary one time, he might, you might have seen it, where he uh, was watching a big snapper breaking the eggs open, breaking the uh, shell open, the mussel shell, and I said, he couldn't open a muscle shell like that, Johnny said no, he said, but keep it to yourself. He said I used a pair of bully pliers. He cracked the shell <laughs> with his moldy grips. Oh really? Yeah. So he was a fake artist yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, good turtle man, but a fake artist.
2: <laughs> yeah. Has
3: there been any like uh, like like dietary studies on uh at least to see what some of those, uh, at least some of those anguirus like that get those massive heads, at least what they're, what they're eating. If there's anything to support that one hypothesis, just, oh, they're they're crushing up mollusks. Is that is there anything really been done to prove that with them, or is it just? uh
2: Has anyone ever proven that 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 crushing them? That, has there been a food study to see whether crushing the mollusks and eating them has contributed to that big head, or is it? Or is it just? No, I
1: I don't think they have. I do know I've got a, I've still got a jar in my study downstairs there, um, with a jar full of eggs, uh, shells, which the female eats. That was Irwin's turtle, uh, was eating the little black, I mentioned it in the book, little black mussels, uh, little black shells. Swallowing them whole. I don't know how those. I wasn't even breaking them up, but um, they always said it's for 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 um, breaking the shells open. I don't believe that because the Mary River turtles, I said, was just snipping away at the edges to open it up, and one girl or one of the students, uh, she contradicted me on that, saying you're wrong, you know, and then another one um caught turtles uh, in a trap and when they passed their food uh they had shells in their muscle shells you know so they obviously it wasn't just an accident And yeah. my one that i filmed or never filmed i looked at him in my back tank um was feeding on you know so you So, you think that that growth is, is, they don't want that growth? No, I don't think it's a secondary effect. I think it's a a disadvantage to them. Right. I really do. Because when they get real big, they can't open their mouth hardly. Mm. Their jaws are that puffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: Right. And do you think, where do you think that's coming from? Could it be? I don't know,
1: mate. I don't know. Yeah. Whether it's, it's. well, I, I, it's not an advantage to the turtle.
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: Because yeah. they're, they're really... A short-necked turtle like that, or that, where well, you don't know. But they, they, they're a weed eater. Yeah. They love weeds. Yeah. They balsanaria and yeah. other weeds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Why do they want to try to Trust break them. open a mussel? Mm. It's, it's difficult. Mm, you know, I've exactly. seen it happen.
2: Yeah.
1: It's difficult to happen, and uh, I think it's... A disadvantage to the turtle to get a big bullhead. I
3: always like I always like that term to, I mean, we don't have anything like that over here. We just say like megascephalus. Uh, we don't call them headedness or anything. That's
2: yeah, yeah that's a really You should bring, take the term over to the U.S. Boofhead.
0: <laughs> I, I like that idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> Jack Thompson. Why do I have trouble talking to you? Just speaking American? <laughs> I got an old mate of mine. I don't tell you him now, Jack Thompson in Australia. He's a great actor. Ever you see any of his movies? You ought to look him. Look up Jack Thompson's movies, Australia. He's a great actor.
3: I think I might have looked my name up once online and that's who came up. So I think I, I a while ago. So.
1: Okay.
0: he's familiar with them well i think we're coming up on time here we'd like to keep it within an hour and 30 but um i mean well actually before we go here um we do a little like a round of turtle trivia at the end just for fun to bring in like really obscure turtle facts uh john i don't know if you've got a few random turtle trivia questions that you want to hit us with uh but
2: something about australian things that they won't know (laughs) Ah. test them
1: do you know why turtles eat mussels (laughs) (laughs) i mean it the
0: the calcium level in mussels is good for eggshell production but there's probably other good nutrients i would imagine just in yeah, of...
1: that mentioned that could be a possibility, but what a what a disadvantage it is for the animal.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I would right. think yeah. the only time it would be like advantageous is if the like mollusks or whatever are just so abundant that it would make sense to feed on them. But that, like, then yeah, with a head like that, it's difficult to feed on anything else. Like, it it just makes life for the turtle really uh, problematic. It's
0: kind of in the way, and uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's almost like uncontrolled too. So at a certain point, it's advantage, but at a certain point, it becomes a disadvantage, right? You're saying it's kind of uncontrolled growth, maybe.
1: It's very hard to say what the truth story is, right? So What's what about what about Do you? Do you have many that dry out completely throughout the uh, summer months with no water and bury in the dampness and is that common with American turtles like Australian ones? Uh,
3: yeah, uh, it's 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 difficult to make a comparison between American and Australian that's different but yes, there are some. Uh they're much, they're much fertile, they'll uh They'll often live in temporary wetlands that dry out completely for part of the year. Uh, they'll have that capable of excavating for sometimes years on end, but that's normally just months or so. But uh, uh, there's also a lot of permanent rivers in the southeast, and most of the larger turtles are in those habitats. that They yeah. don't have to worry about uh, the, the water uh, suddenly drying up or anything like that
1: turtles. Yeah, well there's no doubt that the Stein turtles dry out for a, probably a few years. They uh try to dig into the roots of trees and and branches and and, and and the roots where there's dampness, dig in a long way and they just go to sleep there for a couple of years or three years before water comes again, you know. And then they come out. But uh they can do it for a long time. I remember um, some scientist of types, he uh, was curious about this himself and what he did, I think it was a terrible act he did, is putting turtles in an incubator, real hot, for a long period of time to see how effective it was. I reckon he should have been jailed, was nearly killing them, and fancy doing that into a heat chamber just to see how long they can last without water as a paper they I read years ago yeah. huh. huh.
2: do you yeah, guys have uh, any trivia any quiz question
0: uh i mean no we kind of leave that to the the guests to go on us but uh no, we, yeah, we haven't done so much, but I don't know if you've got any other questions, uh, but we can, or we can wrap things up, whichever,
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, maybe we we start to wrap things up, but uh, really appreciate you coming on, John and Terrence today. Um, i I've, I've definitely learned a lot. I think I speak for the other guys here.
1: Oh, uh, that's good.
2: Even I have.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's I mean, been uh... and
1: you, Ken. You haven't said much, have you?
2: <laughs> I have not. No, I I don't know
1: much about Australian turtles to be, to be. <laughs> okay.
0: Ken is absorbing this information, and now uh, he's he's more of a salamander lizard guy, but we've turned him yeah. into a turtle person. <laughs>
1: Well,
0: we've, we've converted in.
2: But, good,
3: uh, yeah. okay, I definitely man. learned a lot. This was a great conversation, even though about half the time I was uh, getting my wife out cutting me off of it, and I managed to come back on. So,
0: well, it's yeah. yeah, it's been great to see you again, Terence, and to to meet you and and talk with you today, John. Thanks for coming on and. Uh, telling us stories and, and talking turtles with us, uh, for all of our listeners, you can find us at the turtle room.org slash You can access our student research fund there. Uh, and we will see you on the next cast episode. Thanks.